nature keeping us, nature healing us, flowers, leaves, and rules within. Hear the mind calming you, soothing you. Love and kindness inside out. Let the herbs from middle world heal. Welcome wellness, welcome wellness. It's revealed herbs, middle world herbs. Hello and welcome to the Middle World Herbs Natural Wellbeing Series, where we talk about restoring and maintaining your health in safe and natural ways while incorporating both the physical and the emotional side of healing. Today's episode is dedicated to cleanse and detox, which is top of mind for many of us, especially as we're starting to see spring all around. And most of us have a couple months of indulgences behind the belt, which I was just talking about before the show. So we'll be talking with an expert about detox, how the body gets rid of toxins, and what we can do to help our body get rid of toxins. Also, what the critical organs are that do the magic of detoxifying the body. And lastly, what are some of the go-to herbs that we can use to help our body in detoxification. My name is Deanne and I am your host today and I'm joined by our special guest, Dr. Jackie Leone. She is a naturopathic medical doctor, board certified holistic nutritionist and a psychology enthusiast. Always great to see you. So Dr. Jackie, for those who are watching maybe for the first time, go ahead and tell them a little bit about yourself and your journey into naturopathic medicine. Okay, um, I'm always, each week I'm always challenged with maybe a new angle for this, uh, this story, but just kind of like a stress sick kid and always, you know, self-managing and wondering if anybody else thought what I was thinking or felt what I was feeling. And, um, you know, the older I got, the more curious about how the body and the mind and the inner workings of it all, how it went down. And so slowly, but surely just checking one off the list at a time. First was my undergrad in psychology, moving on to um, my continuing ed classes in a lot of hard sciences, anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, and then ending in my medical degree, um, and then nutrition shortly after that. So it all kind of added up to really kind of peeking under the hood to understand how we work, how I can help support us, the, you know, myself and people I come in contact with, help that, you know, empower them to understand their body and their minds better. So um, a little kind of caveat into today, which I know we're talking about spring detox, um, but I was thinking about, you know, do I have a little story regarding detox? And I can remember the very first time I ever did a sugar detox. I'm 19 years old. I'm the front desk office person for a wellness clinic um, and it's alternative health. And they're like, you know, it sounds like you have symptoms with sugar stuff, right? Um, <laughs> insomnia, headaches, mood swings, cravings, you know, not eating and then eating too much all at once, all this stuff, weight gain, skin stuff. So they're like, uh, you know, I was talking to the doctors there. I did a 30 day sugar cleanse, no processed sugar, basically essentially nothing but fruit. And on the 31st day, you know, day one breaking it, I couldn't wait to get to work. I used to do this whole thing with tea and honey you know, start my day off and I made my tea the way I always do. And I immediately spit it out because it tasted like sugar water. I could not believe how resensitized my taste buds got to sugar and how much my tolerance had built up to sugar. You know, I needed so much more to get the same hit over and over and over again. And it wasn't until that very first detox where it really clicked, not just because of what doctors told me or because I read it was good for me, but from my own personal experience, my physical body, that we can change our relationship to food and by detoxing or giving the body like a reset moment, we can actually become hypersensitive to flavors, taste, substances, um, medications, all of these things that we think we need so much of. Uh, we actually might only need a very small amount if we just give ourselves the break it needs once in a while to catch up and detox. So I thought that was a cool little story to throw in there. Um, so yes, yes, I've been detoxing awesome. off since I was about 19. So I, I know it pretty well. That's about 20 years detoxing. So that's awesome. That's a little too I love that. Everyone. Yeah, I always feel like you know you're on the right path when you've done either a detox or just a healthy eating plan and you get to the point where you're like an apple or a carrot is like an indulgent dessert. And Sweet. Like, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> 
And then when you're not on that, you're like, oh, I don't want an apple or a yeah. carrot. No way. I'm going to cut it. So it's always fascinating. Like totally. you said, how it can completely change. It's so crazy. Yes. So yeah, I'm super excited about it. I've been low on sugar this year. Um, and I was eating raspberries last night and I couldn't put them down. I'm like, it's nature's candy. They were just so good. Raspberries are so good. <laughs> they were good. so good. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and, and we can't have that relationship to food if we just give ourselves that, that break. So anyway, moving on to detox for yeah. today. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's introduce our two supplements that we're doing today. So I have the liver detox and the uric acid detox. So we're going to get into that and then make sure you hit the follow button to stay connected. And if you already are following us, thank you so much. I see Abby Knox is on. So hello and welcome. And anyone else, if you're on, you want to say hi, go ahead and put it in the chat. So today's theme is cleanse and detox, and we're gonna really focus on love for our kidney and our liver health. So let's start with just like the big picture here. Dr. Jackie, how should we think of detox? Should we think of it as like something short-term or is this a long-term thing? Okay, this is a really good question. So it's a little bit of both, um, but what we think of in the health community when we say, when we hear like detox manual or detox program or um, detox diet, right? Those are very short term, anywhere from one to seven, maybe 30 days, depending on what we're detoxing from, right? Um, so those are considered acute or short term, but I think it's important for everyone to know uh, that you're constantly detoxing all the time, every day. It's just part of biology. It's just, you know, we're always breaking down medications, herbicides, pesticides, pollutants, um, you know, parabens, phthalates, things in our environment, food that we eat, um, alcohol, cigarettes, the, you know, anything that's kind of in and on our body, uh, our body needs to take potentially harmful things um, and break them down into water soluble, just easy, gentle things, safe things for our body to pass through things like the kidney and the colon to be excreted. And that's the liver's job. So that's constantly happening in a very low grade all day, every day without us ever having to think about it. Um, but to give our body a chance to catch up to what's going on, um, that's what we think of as short-term detox. And that should be a few days. Uh, like I said, maybe a month or two at the most, but when it comes to a month or two at the most, that's usually detoxing from something like ad addictive substances, um, certain medications require certain what's called washout period to detox. Um, so those are special circumstances. But when we're talking about nutrition, general health, once a year, spring cleaning type detoxes, anywhere from three to seven days is, is pretty safe. So that's the short term. And all that's really doing, to be honest with you, is increasing or turning the volume up of the detox that's happening all day, every day anyway. Now we're just really hyper-focused on supporting the systems necessary that are already doing that. We're just supporting them and making them work faster, more efficiently, more productive. Okay, cool. So if you're doing the short-term detox, what should we like eat? Mm -hmm. What does it involve? Is there an answer that's a simple answer for that? Yes. Now each person's different, of course. Now, you know, disclaimer, 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 cannot give medical advice if you're on medications, if you have, um, you know, previous diagnosis, illnesses, comorbidities to risk factors associated to detox like liver disease, cirrhosis, uh, fatty liver. Those are the things that you want to check with your physician first. You want to run some basic labs just to make sure that your liver and kidneys can handle the workload of what you're going to be doing. Um, but in a short-term detox, we want to in the simplest terms, eat things that are going to support the detox process and avoid and or remove things uh, that cause the toxicity in the first place, right? And then what do we do is allow both rest and gentle movement and reflection. So detox requires a lot of physical work, right? Every cell is activated with detox. We're making secretions and substances we don't usually make on a day-to-day -day basis. We are processing things that maybe we're mildly addicted to like sugar or dairy, alcohol, caffeine, these types of things, right? 
Some people are doing like digital detoxes. So the dopamine hit of being on social media, um, all of these things. So your body's going to feel kind of crappy. It's going to feel kind of weak, kind of tired, depending on how hard you were living or how toxic you were um, versus maybe somebody who eats differently, sleeps differently, doesn't drink alcohol or smoke cigarettes or, you know what I mean? So we're looking at the crash down to like the baseline. Like this is the healthy baseline of where we want to be. And this is like the toxic load. Everybody's going to come at different levels. And so their detox symptoms will be different. Um, but across the board, regardless of the person, it's really about adding the good stuff, minimizing the bad stuff and allowing the process to happen. Patience and rest, being gentle with ourselves is going to be really important during a detox. So those are, those are some general, um, you know, safe things. Uh, that that apply to most people detoxing without getting too medically specific. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's really good. And if anyone has questions, feel free to put it in the chat. And I just have a bunch of questions to ask as well. So mm -hmm. when you talk I love about, it. Like, yeah, actually, we might have just got one. Um, da -da -da, Eva saying, super interesting story from Dr. Jackie about sugar detox. I certainly get the desensitization. Okay, yeah. So she definitely related to that as well. That's cool. Um, so one of the things is extreme versus a gentle detox. You kind of mentioned those words. So what would a juice fast or a water fast be on that scale? So, I mean, when we think about it, it detox is um, in some cases a form of deprivation, right? We're depriving ourselves of the things we have become accustomed to. And most of those things, you know, we're depriving ourselves of things that usually are mildly addictive, sugar, right? Um, dairy, alcohol, stress, digital or social media, okay? So in the process of depriving ourselves, it's some of those substances have a more extreme a reaction versus a gentler reaction. It just depends on the person and it depends on the substance. But if we're looking at the more you're depriving, the harder you're gonna hit. So let's say you're depriving everything, but you're allowed water, right? Lots of stuff is gonna be dumping. Lots of stuff, you're gonna be starving. You're gonna use all your glycogen stores, which is your, your sugar stores in your liver. Um, when we don't eat carbohydrates or sugar, but our brain still needs to function, our liver does a good job of keeping a little storage unit of sugar called glycogen. And so we use that in about 48 to 72 hours. And so if we use all that up and there's no more sugar, then we start getting headaches because glucose is the main form of energy for the brain and the nervous system. So some people can do water fast because they're that ill, whether it's with arthritis, severe obesity, heart you know, uh, disease issues. And so it's doctor led water detox, which there's a time and a place for that. Right. But again, that should be supervised. That's pretty extreme because think of the level of deprivation. Then with juice, we're depriving ourselves of food and other harmful substances, but we're allowing ourselves nutrition through the form of juice. So it's going to be a slightly gentler, right? Less deprivation than water. Then we have a food detox where we're allowed to eat clean foods, juices, smoothies, we're getting fiber, we're getting all of our macronutrients, we're not going to run through our glycogen stores, we're going to make sure that we have sufficient calories for our body to detox, but the quality of the calorie is higher caliber because it's very nutrient dense, right? We can have a Big Mac and we can have, you know, 12 cups of salad with a ton of toppings, and they're about the same calories, but one is going to have more nutrients and one is going to have more calories, right? So calories are energy, but, and they both have that, but what's the quality of the calorie? Is it giving me the minerals I need for the detox pathway? Is it giving me the nutrients I need to rebuild stuff that was damaged when I was toxic? So, you know, again, gentle versus extreme. The more you deprive, the more extreme, the more you're allowed, the more gentle. I always say, start gentle, move your way back. If you can only get rid of one thing, like I did the sugar cleanse, for instance, I was still eating dairy and meat at the time. I was only 19. So, you know, I was still omnivore and I didn't remove any of that stuff. It was literally only sugar, right? I didn't know dairy was sugar at the time. I mean, you know, you don't know anything really. Um, and even just that one variable, I saw a big change. So, that's how I would measure severity of uh, detox. Just how much are you depriving yourself? 
essentially. Yeah, that's a really good scale to use for it. Okay, so there's no one size fits all when it comes to detox, mm -hmm. but for most of your patients, what determines how you're gonna recommend one detox over another? So it there's a lot of factors, but essentially age is a big one. Younger people tend to be slightly more vital, not always, of course, um, compared to like elderhood. Uh, and so you can usually take a little bit more of a beating when you're younger. Uh, so age is important. Um, gender can be important because detox can mess with hormones. And if a woman has irregular cycles um, or fertility issues, right, sometimes detox uh, just taking into account, they can still detox, but just having the person seek medical support if they do have issues around that. Um, medications somebody's on, previous diagnosis and illnesses. Again, if you have liver, kidney, or colon problems, detoxing can probably exacerbate or make those slightly worse. Uh, also autoimmune disorder, right? Where our immune system is attacking our own body, thinking that it's a pathogen. We're gonna be detoxing. Detoxing turns up the, the you know, flushing out process, which can slightly heighten the immune system. And when we slight, slightly heighten the immune system, if we have a functioning immune system, AKA no autoimmune, we're gonna be great, no problem. Maybe we feel a little flu-like symptoms here and there, achy, ouchy, just like fatigue-y. Um, but if we have autoimmune, it can trigger a full-on flare, right? Like joints can hurt in rheumatoid arthritis, um, kidney issues and joint issues and lupus, you know, all digestive issues and Crohn's, all these things can be triggered. So medical conditions, medical history, um, medication, I'm just reviewing real quick in my mind, medications, age, uh, gender, and um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it at this point. Those are the things that I would consider. Also, you want to look under the hood, do some labs. How is your liver working? How are your filtration organs working? If they're good and normal, even if they're a little outside of normal, um, that's going to be better than if there's an active disease, illness, or pathogen happening. Then we don't want to detox because we don't want to push the body too, too hard. Yes, absolutely. And I finally read Eva's full comment and it, basically she said she did a detox and found that after she really wasn't interested in eating meat and maybe thought it was her body's way of saying be a vegetarian. Is that common that maybe you, your body just says, I don't really need this anymore. Or is that, oh, have yeah. you seen that before? Yeah. Like for instance, yeah. Yeah. Even like just my partner, he, he's a tennis player and he uh, used to ride his bike like a pretty far away uh, to keep up cardio between lessons. Um, and I, I hope I get the story right, but he would eat meat at lunch, try to ride the bike back and then have tennis lessons. And he did that for a while and started noticing um, it just, he felt fuller. He was more sluggish. Digestion was like, he just didn't, feel light and ready to work. And it was when he removed meat that he noticed he was able to have more stamina and endurance, ride his bike, not have that kind of gross, full foggy feeling. And for him, that was his signal. His body was just like, Hey, we don't really need meat or like meat as much um, as maybe, you know, you think we do. <laughs> and that was a signal for him for when he knew he was going to go vegetarian slash pescatarian. So uh, I think everybody is different. And I have that moment, you know, I think everybody, who's vegetarian or vegan or has removed a major aspect of what we consider a normal omnivore diet in America, um, they've removed it because their body has told them to. Like, it hurts when you do this, please stop, right? Uh, or, hey, I just feel a lot better uh, when you don't do this thing, that kind of hurts. <laughs> and so our body's constantly trying to tell us what it wants and what it doesn't want, what to go toward, what to stay away from. So that's great that Eva was able to tap in and connect to that and realize, oh, I don't really need meat. Vegetarian seems the most natural. So yeah, I've definitely heard a lot of stories, um, patients and even myself. So yeah, that's a good one for sure. There's a, okay. There's a documentary. I cannot remember the name of it and maybe your partner has watched it, but it's about athletes that go vegan and it's really yeah. fascinating. If you've not seen it, you should. It's so you've seen it, you know, what I don't know if about. he has, but I have, and it's really, really yeah. good. And I think it wasn't it. Actually good? I remember telling my husband, I was like, you need to watch this. It's so good. Um, but yeah, anyways, mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about the detox you did. So you recently, I remember you saying every year you do one, so I'm assuming you've done it. Um, do you want to yep. talk about just your personal experience, how it went, how long did you do it for? Are you going to do it again? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. So I did a week 
Um, and I started on a Monday and went through to a Sunday. Um, and I had my last retox meal, if you want to call it that on Saturday, I went to like a, one of my, you know, local seafood places, had some cocktails, ate food that, you know, I knew I wasn't going to respond great to, but it was my last hurrah before, you know, major deprivation. Um, and then Sunday was like my transition day. I bought all the produce. I cleaned it. I prepped it. I made little baggies for juices and smoothies because I knew it'd be a little bit low energy and I wanted things to be really convenient for me. Um, I cooked, uh, pre-cooked a couple cups of brown rice, a couple cups of quinoa. Um, I had like all of my foods kind of planned out more or less of what my options would be at any time throughout the day. Uh, overnight oats. And I made a tofu um, vegan chocolate chip like a pudding. So I knew, cause again, sugar is just like a stress food for me. Uh, it's a go-to even just like one or two pieces of chocolate or something after a meal. So I knew that about myself. And so I didn't want to take chances breaking the detox. So I gave myself little treats that were within range of, you know, sweetened with honey or maple syrup and not a lot, a couple of tablespoons um, and tofu for protein, vegan chocolate chips. So I was still getting that same, scratching the same itch without depriving myself to the point of, you know, um, kind of rebelling and over <laughs> overshooting and then binging or something like that. Right. So that's what I did Sunday to prep and line everything up. And then Monday started and I just kind of gave myself the week, you know, I still had work. Um, and I gave myself little windows when I got a sense of energy after a juice or a smoothie, I'd let myself work. And as soon as I got a little lightheaded or felt tired or heavy eyed, I would let myself just relax, um, reading, journaling about my experience. And for me, I'm a data, data freak. I just really love tracking things. So I would track things like my symptoms, my sleep cycle, my bowel movements, um, if any skin stuff happened. So I just really wanted to be very active and present in the detox. So that was kind of my personal experience. Um, after day one, I got a little bit of an ego and thought, thought I was hot shit. Uh, cause I was like, Oh, I feel great. And then day two and three, I was mistaken. Um, I had some panicky anxiety type stuff come up, uh, as I was again, detoxing from things like caffeine and sugar, right? These things that help us feel up, uh, increase cortisol, the stress hormone, dopamine, the, re the reward uh, neurotransmitter, right? So now I don't have those. So when I wake up, I don't have that caffeine kick to look forward to, right? I don't have when I'm stressed or bored or whatever, that kind of sugar kick to look forward to. And so it was like waking up feeling heavier and slower and foggier and getting that, um, caffeine withdrawal headache, right? Getting the sugar withdrawal kind of headache and feeling kind of achy in my body a little bit. Um, and then fast forward day five, six started kind of finding my middle ground again, like really find finding my balance of I'm eating, I have a smoothie a day, I have a juice a day, I have a salad a day. Um, I'm getting nutrition. I'm taking my supplements. I'm having my detox tea and, you know, really starting to feel energized again. Uh, and then day seven was transition day. So seven and eight is when I kind of started eating a little bit more in terms of calories um, you know, I had a gluten-free, uh, bread, right. After not eating that for a week, um, started introducing oil, more oils and fats when I was cooking, because I kind of pulled back on that a little bit, started introducing fish after not having that for the week. So, so if you think you want to cancel that thing or break up or build up or invest or, you know, don't, don't trust yourself. Don't make any of this everyone, maybe even not the week after, you know, maybe wait a couple weeks post detox till you're fully settled into uh, this new biological rhythm. Okay. Uh, so those are kind of, that was my personal experience with my detox seven days. I didn't do crazy deprivation. I still ate, um, but I was eating very specific foods uh, for specific reasons, specific times, taking specific supplements and things like that. So it wasn't the most extreme I've been, but I didn't feel I needed that extreme. So I went pretty, you know, uh, gentle and in the middle. But, and it still kicked a lot of stuff up, you know? So again, that's just, everybody's different. That just goes to show it's really about the biodiversity of the person uh, and being prepared, being prepared. I knew I was going to feel kind of crappy. So I was like, I'm going to journal. I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to do these things that help me feel soothed. So if you at home are choosing to detox or Deanne, if you are thinking about doing it, 
really being gentle and compassionate with yourself and having kind of those tools ready and on hand just in case you need them, that's going to make the process that much more gentle and the transition that much easier. So smart. Okay. That's really good advice for sure. Okay. So what if someone wants to do it with a partner? Because sometimes it's like safety in numbers, you do it together, mm-hmm. um, but you have to convince them. Would you like, how would you explain the benefits or do you think it should be something people do together or a solo kind of journey? Um, to me, I kind of find out, I found out the hard way a few, you know, a few years into practice, you can't really convince anyone and it's kind of futile to try. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody's not a willing party, then they're not going to be on board and they're going to cut corners or they're going to resent you for convincing them. So if somebody's curious and they're on the fence and you want to help them lean one way or the other, that's different than somebody living on one side of the fence and you trying to get them to the complete other side of the fence. To me, that's just futile. I don't even try to be honest with you, but if somebody's teetering, you know, and I'm ready, but my partner's like, man, oh, I don't really know. Then to me, the best or friend, even roommate, you know, family member, you just don't want to detox alone. I would start with the how and start with the why. So when people understand why, why do you want to detox? Hey, I know your, your knee's been hurting you a lot. I know you've been getting a lot of headaches and you've been super stressed out recently. I was reading about or learning about this detox and I've been having the same stuff too. I really want to feel just like energized and ready to start the day and great in my own skin and not really have that random ache or pain in 12 different places of my body. I mean, what about you? Like, are you, how do you feel about that? And really asking them open-ended questions to get them to the same conclusion you have, which a detox could really help them feel substantially better, right? Something that you've already bought into, but maybe they're a little tentative. So when they know the why I could be out of pain, I could be sleeping better. I could be feeling better. That usually gets them curious to the how, well, how do we do this? What does that look like? And then if you can have a clear game plan, and say, well, I know that there are certain things we should stay away from, certain things we should eat a lot of or more of, um, a supplement or two to help support or an herb or two um, to help support. And I figured we could maybe put it together together. So it's something you're interested and on board with as well. Um, you know, and I'm happy to take the lead or, you know, help take kind of the pressure off of them um, and, and have that that open discussion. Right. So where they're kind of a part of the process. Uh, so they're not told what to do, but also they don't have a lot of pressure to have to kind of create it themselves. You already are coming to them with the why and the how, right? And then you can kind of nail out the fine details together as a unit. But again, I'd never want to convince anyone. I, I would want to help impact and or inspire people who are fence dwellers. Um, but that's what I would essentially say is like really make it personal, ask open-ended questions and make it a bonding experience, like a relationship experience, something to enhance the relationship, whatever the dynamic, again, friend, family, partner. Um, that's how I would approach, you know, that and no means no guys. So if your partner doesn't want to do it, just respect and honor the boundary. And Hey, it's just not their journey right now, but lay the groundwork that like, Hey, I might be a little sensitive the next week or two. So can you be gentle? Can you give me patience? Can you be compassionate? you know, really honoring, like creating some boundaries, like, Hey, if I ask for space, this is why it's not a you thing. It's just what I'm going through. So, you know, if somebody's not going to lean on your side of the fence, that's totally cool, but at least have the communication, uh, to understand where the other person's going to be and how you can best support each other through the process. Cause like I said, emotions run high, right? And so you don't want to make any decisions or rock the boat too much unnecessarily. And I think that that starts with communication and support for sure. Yeah, actually I've learned a lot cause I didn't realize that the emotion part really does run high. I always just figure you're hangry, you're like hungry, angry. And, um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the side effect, but there's a lot more. It sounds like with the, the detox of just everything. So, much so more. what about a lot of people want to know, like, am I going to lose weight? Is that going to be I mean, it seems like everyone would lose some weight on a detox, but what do you say when people ask that? Yeah, I mean, you're going to lose weight a little bit because if you're 
for example, if you eat a lot of salt, fast food, prepared foods, salty foods, crunchy foods, chips, pretzels, things like that, your body to maintain, it's, it's called osmolarity, right? Or the amount of salt to water ratio. Um, it's going to want to hold on to more water. You're either going to drink more water and be more thirsty, or you're going to be a little bit bloated, inflamed, have slight edema, right? When you look a little puffy. So when you're detoxing and you're not eating foods high in salt or snack foods, your body's going to lose some of that water weight, some of that inflammation or puffiness. Same with something like alcohol, right? Um, and so you do slim down, you do kind of contour in, um, but it is essentially just because we're not doing the things that cause that water retention, puffiness, swelling, or inflammation, right? So it will come right back if you go back to the same lifestyle. It's very, very short-term weight loss. It's not actual weight loss. It's usually in the form of water and then some muscle atrophy because your body is going to more readily utilize your muscle, break down your muscle for nutrition than your fat stores. Your fat stores is the last place that your body goes to utilize energy because it's the richest um, storage of energy, right? There's nine calories in one gram of fat. There's four calories in one gram of protein. And so your body is going to want to save the fat for a rainy day and focus on the muscle right? So your muscles will slightly atrophy and you'll lose water weight. Um, some fat you might, you know, shed depending on the detox, depending on the person, depending on what they're going in. If somebody who is extremely morbidly obese, who eats 5,000 calories a day, all fast food, packaged foods, alcohol, sugar, things like that. And they're going kind of extreme and they're limiting it to 2000 calories, 3000 calories. Um, and it's quality calories, then clearly they're eating in a deficit over a week, they'll lose two or three pounds of actual weight on top of the water weight and inflammatory weight. But again, it's not super sustainable long-term. Um, most people gain about 80%, if not a hundred plus percent of any weight loss during a detox. Wow. Okay. So what about, do you have a go-to smoothie, detox juice, tea? I do. I have some favorites for sure. My go-tos just because I know my palate, I know what I like and I know what feels good for me. Um, I had four or five different juice recipes, um, and three or four different smoothie recipes. And so they all borrow from each other a little bit. Um, like every juice has ginger and turmeric and citrus, like lemon or lime in it. And that's just because they're anti-inflammatory, they're antioxidant, uh, vitamin C, helping with the acid in the stomach absorption of nutrition. So those were in every single juice um, and or smoothie. And then from there, it was based on what the goal was of the day. So, you know, a couple green juices early on because um, kale, cruciferous vegetables like kale, broccoli, um, that family really, really help liver support early on in a detox. Um, and then sometimes you need like that little like sugar boost or beta carotene boost. So it's like an apple carrot situation uh, when we need to increase glycogen stores or glucose, right? That sugar for the brain. So every food is actually medicine because of what it contains. It does a very specific thing in the body. So if I had to narrow it down, my favorite juice would be kale, cucumber, Kale for detox, cucumber for hydration, lots of water, ginger, turmeric, right? Medicine uh, and plants, a little uh, dash of black pepper. I know it sounds weird in a juice, you can't really taste it, but black pepper actually has been shown to help uh, drive turmeric into the cell or activate it, make it more absorbable. So I do that for that. Um, and then apple, carrot, lemon, because I like a little sweet. I like the beta carotene, the green. Good. I like a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's really delicious. It's really refreshing. Sometimes I'll add parsley too because that's super helpful for detox. Um, smoothies, I'm pretty boring. Berries, bananas, oat milk, and vegan protein. Maybe a little bit of coconut water, a sprinkle of turmeric. Um, but yeah, it's pretty you know basic and straightforward. I just want calories at the at you know that point. Um, and then for tea, I really just like kind of throwing together. A couple of different uh, herbs, but primarily milk thistle, dandelion, uh, astragalus is really great. 
again, ginger, turmeric, and then some mushroom, reishi cordyceps, which we've talked about the amazing benefits of mushroom. So anytime you can use anything from nature that has like magic ingredients in it that help our biology and our body, that's really what we want to do as much as often as possible in a detox is constantly having this low grade stream of nutrition going through our body. Right. And so you eat and maybe you start to digest and then you take a supplement, you start to digest, you have a juice and that, you know, so that's kind of you're in this perfect place um, of, of nutrition and or supportive substances in the bloodstream at some point all day, every day throughout the detox. And those are a couple of recipes that people might like, or you could throw together, try, let me know what you think. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I actually knew the thing about turmeric and black pepper that um, I knew that from the kombucha world. Anytime there's a kombucha with turmeric, really? you have to check and make sure it says black pepper in there. Otherwise it's not going to absorb. Very cool. Well. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, you true. know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that. That's like the one thing I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, we usually keep like a one of my favorite kombuchas is a ginger turmeric one, and then there's one that has pineapple too. So it's like all anti-inflammatory. It's really good. We have that on top pineapple. Yeah, pineapple's an amazing addition to any juice and any smoothie because of the bromelain. Right, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So if I wasn't gonna add apple, carrot, I would have add added pineapple you know, the trade off there, something a little sweet. Um, and, and I think for me again, cause sugar is a thing. It's like when I know that it's going to serve me well, if the sugar can be delivered with an enzyme or with Mac, you know, micronutrients that are going to help my body. Um, then it's the, the benefits outweigh the costs for sure. You know? Mm -hmm. No, that's awesome. You're making me like thirsty for juice. I know. I was like, ooh, I want that. I want, I need like a big juice right here. That sounds so good. All right. Uh, let's see. Eva said her favorite is ABC juice, apple, beet, carrot. Ooh, that's a good one too, Eva. Beets. Yummy one. Beets. Yeah. Yes. And so blood builders. Yeah. Beets, beets are fantastic. And the greens of the beet, right? So beets are fantastic as blood builders, blood cleansers. And so I'll do that kind of toward the middle slash end of the detox after I do a couple of juices and smoothies that support the liver and kidneys first. Then I'll go, I'll move on to blood cleanse. You know, it's so cool. You could just mix and match there. You really can't yeah. go wrong with smoothies and juices. Um, I'll even have a veggie smoothie, which people are like, why would you put beets and carrots with berries? And you know, that doesn't match. But to me, it's just food is medicine. And if it tastes good together, you know, and the consistency, uh, why not? You know, it's like taking yeah. um, a supplement in, in a smoothie form. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. That's awesome. Abby wants to know if you have a detailed detox program. I actually do, Abby. Um, yeah, so I help people detox all the time. Um, and I build anywhere from three to seven days, depending on the person and their goals. Uh, yeah, and after we do kind of a quick consult where I understand their background, medical history, age, gender, all the things that we talked about before, uh, medications or supplements they're already on, then I can tailor make a booklet and it goes day to day, like what you need in your pantry, what your grocery list should be, a daily checklist of things that you can do to help support you. Um, and then every single day we have day one, this is what you're going to eat. This is what you're going to drink. And this is your journal prompt for the day for mindfulness. And we go through the three to seven days, um, together. And then there's one last page of transition. So what does transition look like from a detox back into real life? Right. Um, and yeah, it's from the beginning to end all the way through. I love helping people detox because I just believe it's so powerful. So thanks for asking Abby. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Um, so people would find you on like Instagram or how would they, do you have a website? I, I, so <laughs> Dr. They Jack, Google, you. Dr. I'll just say Google, Google, Google me, Google me. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's on Instagram. It's at hippie doctor. I made it 15 years ago, so don't judge me too hard, but it's doctor with an A, doctor, because I'm cool like that, <laughs> or at least I thought I was. Awesome. We need to change hey, it. Um, but yeah, you can um, DM me on Instagram, Facebook, if you have any questions, you know, feel free to fo- definitely follow this channel on Amazon Live so that yes. you can get more information. Follow this channel. And, you know, for yeah, sure. all the things. So if you ever have any Perfect. questions or anybody out there want to access me. I love that. Just Google it. Yeah. 
Just Google her. I was going to say, just take a screenshot of her name. Google it. Well, you know, we couldn't, you had such a good answer. And then you can't just leave people with a cliffhanger of like, yeah, I have yeah. it. But I'm not going to give you access. Like, to you can't have, have it. it. <laughs> Abby yeah. knows you personally, but other people might not. So I want to make sure everyone has access. All right. Well, let's jump into the mechanisms of detoxification inside the body. So what are some of the key organs that are doing the filtration stations in our body? Fantastic question. So first and foremost, liver, 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 liver. That's the number one detoxification organ. And it actually has two phases, um, the liver. So just really quickly, so we can kind of understand what we're doing during a detox phase one is more like a bioactivation. It's all about transforming fat soluble compounds, um, into water soluble compounds, right? So how do we take something that's soluble in fat and turn it into being soluble in water because when it's soluble in water, the kidneys can, it can get carried out, right? Or in the colon and stuff. Um, and so phase one transforms things like caffeine, um, over the counter drugs that we might buy at the drugstore, ibuprofen, antihistamines, stuff like that. Um, tobacco, insecticides, herbicides, things that might be on our produce or in the air. So this is dependent and carried out by a very specific pathway in the liver called cytochrome P450. It's super fancy. So anybody science, my, my fellow science geeks out there, feel free to Google it. But for everybody else, it's basically a family of enzymes that help transform stuff, right? And enzymes, remember, they cut stuff up, they turn stuff on, they turn stuff off. So we're trying to go from fat soluble, which is clunky and difficult and sticky to break down and push out into water soluble, which is really easy um, and fast and gentle, that middle ground is that P450, that cytochrome P450, all that family of enzymes. They're responsible for doing, turning you know, this into that, okay? And so that's phase one of what the liver is doing. Now there's a second phase, phase two, and these are six very specific pathways which I won't get into, but it's lots of ations, methylations, sulfations, uh, glycinations. Anyway, we're adding and subtracting molecules to things to turn stuff on, right? So for instance, anybody out there who's ever bought a B12 supplement, if you read on the back cyanocobamolin, cobamolin is B12, that is cheap, shelf-stable, not absorbable, not bioavailable, but methylcobamolin, it's been methylated. It's gone through this process, right? The methyl group is added. The body recognizes it immediately. The liver's like, oh, B12. It's going to absorb it and utilize it, okay? So phase one is breaking that stuff down with the cytochrome P450. And phase two are those six processes that are constantly happening. And they break down pesticides, alcohol, toxic metals, penicillin, and other medications, sex hormones like estrogen, testosterone, all of these things, right, that are um, being converted into different compounds through one of those pathways, right? So both phases are constantly happening all the time. And so you can see, right, caffeine, drugs, ibuprofen, medication, sex hormones, those are happening regularly anyway, on top of anything that we're doing, like alcohol and cigarettes, and pesticides, all that stuff, right? So the liver is the number one organ. And then after that, we're going to flush urine out of the kidneys. We're going to flush stool out of the colon. We're going to flush uh, carbon dioxide out of the lungs. And last but not least, a little bit of stuff comes out in our sweat through our skin. So think of any organ that releases stuff, right? That's really where we detox. Okay, that's fascinating. All right, well, let's talk about our liver detox. So I have that here. Yeah. And this is just a really powerful formula of herbs that support the liver in this amazing cleansing work. So it's going to help do what it does, you know, help get its job done. And the dose of it, we get three of these capsules. That's going to be your dose. So three of these a day. And it's a 60 veggie capsule um, per bottle in here. So inside it has milk thistle, artichoke leaf, dandelion leaf, and solar plast, which is the antioxidant rich spinach leaf extract. And it also has a blend of digestive enzymes to help the liver break down fats. Now it's $20.99 on Amazon, but because you're watching us live, you get to take an additional 20% off. So definitely scoop up that deal. You see this little banner at the bottom, click on that and then 
when you purchase it, it will automatically take 20% off. So let's learn a little more about the liver. So is it a forgiving organ? If we had a little too much wine one night, is it, did we do major damage or are we going to be okay? That's a really good question. Um, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, who are you asking for? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Honestly, this is probably one of the most common questions I get. Um, if I detox or when I do these things, you know, what's going to happen? How's my liver going to feel? Um, so most liver problems, believe it or not, are actually reversible and treatable if they are detected early. Okay. So the liver is one of the most amazing organs in the fact that it can regenerate itself. It can repair itself. Again, I've said this a couple of times before, but it's like the starfish of the body, right? You cut a limb off a starfish. It can regenerate that limb. Very similar with the liver. If damage occurs, it can regenerate itself. Um, now again, that's only if we support it, catch it early, we're checking, you know, regularly because the liver can only keep up so long. Right. Um, so it, it's considered a very forgiving organ, but everything in life has its limits. Right. So we have to take care of it. We have to kind of honor that the way, the way I think about it, I just got this visual. It's almost like you have this bucket and it's got little holes drilled in the bottom and you fill the bucket up again, right? The, the cup kind of analogy I've done and you're like alcohol and stress and not sleeping and eating crap and sugar and dairy. And so your liver is the bucket and the, you know, stuff coming out from the bottom is just the detox flushing. So your liver is it, the output of the liver, the liver's ability to let that stuff drain, right? Isn't as fast as we can fill up the bucket. So if we fill the bucket up so full, it's overflowing and it's draining through the bottom. The stuff draining through the bottom isn't the problem. That's the liver taking all the crap and filtering it out to make it harmless for the body. It's the bucket overflowing that gets us toxic. And that's what a detox does is it stops filling up the bucket says pause button so that the draining can finish the liver can finish cleaning and draining all the stuff that's in its bucket for example right and so very forgiving because it's doing it all the time and it knows how to heal itself so that's kind of sorry i got off on a tangent i just think the liver is really cool but that's really to me what's happening in a detox what's happening to the liver and, and the liver is so forgiving because it needs to do that all day every day with everything we put it through all the time our whole life right so yes yeah that's a great Short answer analogy. yes Very i love clear. it I visualize that so perfectly <laughs> that was awesome so what is the most damaging thing we can do to the liver i mean a few things um viruses keep your immune system strong we all have heard of hepatitis a and b primarily um c also but anytime hepatitis that's inflammation of the liver so be careful with those um, get screened regularly. Hepatitis B is uh, sexually transmitted. So just be aware or can be, pardon me. Um, too much refined sugar and high fructose corn syrup can lead to fatty buildup on the liver and give you what's called fatty liver. Uh, and then the fat kind of basically starts suffocating or strangling the liver cells. When the, when the liver starts collecting fat and we get fatty liver, the liver can't work very well under the conditions of having fat throughout in between the cells. It just breaks down the communication from cell to cell and makes its job a lot harder, right? And the way we get fatty liver is, believe it or not, sugar. We hear fatty liver and I think a lot of people think fat, but believe it or not, saturated fat and trans fat, which are other things we want to kind of avoid or limit, that actually leads to cirrhosis or scar tissue in the liver. So now it can't regenerate we're taking its starfish abilities and magical powers away from it by having trans fats and high levels of saturated fat. So we want to avoid cirrhosis by not having bad fats. We want to avoid fatty liver by not having crappy sugars. And we want to really manage the immune system. So we're not vulnerable to different infections and viruses that can harm the liver. Um, also, Anybody who has alcoholism, severe medication and or drug addiction issues have been managed long-term on polypharmacy. We kind of all know people like that. They take one drug, side effect, they put, they're on another one or two drugs, then they have side effects, so they're on two more. And now they're conditioned that only required one med, now they're taking six to manage. That can put a really high toxic load on the liver because it's constantly trying. Talk about filling up the bucket, 
right? And the poor little holes, it's like, I'm doing the best I can, the fastest I can. And we just keep piling on more and more medications and substances, right? So anything that's going to add to the bucket, and those are the top ways to add to that bucket for sure. So if we can avoid those and limit those, then we will definitely stave off liver damage. Um, and then labs, get, get your annual labs tested, everybody. Just know how the liver works, track, understand that part of yourself. That's going to be super helpful in, in early detection. Yeah. Okay. Good advice. So for those of us who may be seeing first signs of the liver struggling to detox our body, what plant medications or what plant medicines should we really consider to support? I love this question because herbs are so amazing. They're like magic. I'm serious. I think it's funny that sometimes when I tell people I'm a naturopath, they're like, oh, so do you make potions and spells? And I'm like, pretty much. Um, but they are based in science and it's fun and we have it growing all around us in the form of herbs and plants, which I just think is pretty powerful. So first and foremost, we've talked about before milk thistle. If you're going to think of the liver and liver detox, all I would anchor milk thistle, anchor, anchor, liver, milk thistle. They are two peas in a pod. Uh, milk thistle is the only herb that's hepatoprotective specifically. Um, other herbs do lend itself like dandelion has dandelion root, which I'll talk about in a second, does have liver supportive and hepato, um, hepatoprotective. Hepato means liver, but milk thistle doesn't just protect the cell. It helps the cell regenerate itself. It helps it restore function when function has been missing or limited or lowered. Um, milk thistle is just the strongest and most highly linked and highly studied herb for liver support. Um, so blocks entrance of different toxins into the liver, helps metabolize what our liver does have, um, regenerates injured cells. All of these things are happening when we take milk thistle. So outside of milk thistle, next on the list for me personally is dandelion. Dandelion is cool because you can use different parts of the plant. So the leaf will make you urinate. It's a diuretic. So if you're having issues urinating or you're having like your bladder just won't empty um, and you know, maybe a little gentle help, obviously see your doctor to make sure it's okay. But um, having some dandelion leaf tea definitely helps. And in a, in a detox, the leaf can help if you're drinking enough water, of course, help flush the kidneys because again, that diuretic action. Um, so that's supportive in itself in a different way for detox, but dandelion root, the root of the plant, the stuff growing underground, obviously, um, that is specific to liver detoxification. So it helps the liver actually make uh, more bile. It, it helps stimulate the liver function and filtration rate. Um, it exerts, you know, all of these different cholagog or um, bile related exercise, like flushing old bile out of the gallbladder, making new uh, bile in the liver to be delivered to store in the gallbladder. So it's kind of like the way I think of dandelion root is almost like the people at the grocery store who take the stuff that's going to expire in the back and bring it forward to the center and then put the new stuff in the back. So there's constantly this fresh rotation of stuff. Well, that's what dandelion does for bile takes the old bile trapped in the liver and hepatocytes and, you know, um, anything sticking around sludgy in the gallbladder moves it up and out. Right. And then puts the new stuff and creates new stuff coming in from behind. And so you have this, this whole beautiful new cycle of everything being freshly turned over. Um, and, and that's dandelion for the liver and gallbladder. So, uh, it, it's really, it works very, very well in tandem with milk thistle, obviously. And then um, I think third would probably be, there's so many good ones, but artichoke. Artichoke is fantastic. So artichoke, again, helps with that bile stimulation. Um, and bile stimulation helps like reduce cholesterol because what does bile do? For anybody who might not know, bile helps break down and emulsify fats that we eat. And so if we're eating these things that are high in fat or our body needs to help process fat, break down cholesterols that the body is producing. You know, bile is a fantastic way to accomplish this. And so when we have multiple herbs supporting the production of bile, the cleansing of bile, um, you know, that that's really part of the detox process when it, in regards to digestion versus the phase one, phase two um, stuff that we talked about a little bit earlier. So artichoke helps and playing a role 
in that. And actually artichoke has been proven to help more fat soluble uh, toxins show up in stool, which again, that's part of detox, right? We want to get rid of fat soluble toxins in the body and artichoke is a great way uh, to help the liver bind to that crap and then flush it out through the colon. So those are probably my three most indicated. I mean, I have like 20, I'll stop at three though. Um, so yeah, dandelion. And again, um, the root is good for liver leaf good for kidney function and detox artichoke and milk thistle nice well the good news is they're all in here so <laughs> <That's> <laughs> of, course. <laughs> of course and then before we end i do want to highlight our other great product for detox and this is the middle world uric acid detox with tart cherry and pomegranate and this one has a bunch of great herbs too there's chunka pedra celery seed extract green coffee extract milk thistle again cranberry amla yucca extract and devil's claw and turmeric which we were talking about earlier so this one is also 60 veggie capsules the suggested dosage is two capsules a day and it's available for $15.99 on amazon but of course since you're watching our live you're getting your 20 percent off deal so grab it during this live and we will be wrapping soon. So make sure you get that in your cart. And Dr. Jackie, before we wrap, can you just quickly talk about some of those herbs in this one and maybe the importance, like why would somebody want to take this? Okay. So some people might read the label and see like uric acid or uric acid detox and not relate uric acid to kidneys because some people don't really know the connection. So super briefly, I'm just going to connect those dots. So uric acid um, comes from the breakdown of what are called purines and we eat purines all the time. Brewer's yeast, if you drink beer, um, if you drink soda, it's in there. If you eat meat or animal products, if you eat seafood of any kind, some beans and legumes. Um, just different things that we're eating on a regular basis have what are called purines in them. And so when our body's breaking down purines, the output or, you know, end result is uric acid and the kidneys can clear uric acid just fine, but it's, it's when we overdo it again, the bucket's overfilling, right? Think of the kidney in the same, same as the liver in the bucket analogy. So when we have too much meat, too much soda, too much beer, um, the bucket is getting too full and the kidney can't clear up the uric acid fast enough at the same rate the body's producing it. And then we get uric acid uh, buildup in different joints like gout in the big toe, arthritis in other joints. Kidney function can start to diminish. Uh, urine output diminishes. We get low back pain, infections. All this stuff can happen. So what we do is support the body in getting rid of the uric acid, right? So again, we want to remove the stuff that adds to the uric acid, um, you know, like all the foods and, and substances I listed, but you also want to support the body in its ability um, to remove the uric acid. Okay. So that's the connection there. Now, when we look at what's in the uric acid supplement, some of the things we'll see are bright red kind of fruits and berries. We got the tart cherry, we have the pomegranate cranberry, these types of things. Now, why, why that group? Well, antho anthocyanins give that color, purple, blue, red to fruits and veg. And it's a water soluble pigment that actually has been shown specifically antioxidant, anti-inflammatory and helps the kidney break down and remove uric acid. So that's why the supplement has a bunch of that great stuff in it. So the tart cherry lowers uric acid, increases antioxidants, pomegranate, citric acid, malic acid, vitamin C, again, scorbic acid, all these things help with swollen, painful joints and move the uric acid right out. And then last but not least, I think I'm pretty sure your uh, turmeric is in there and we've kind of mm. touched on it a little bit earlier. Turmeric is antimicrobial, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, all the good kind of antis we want. Um, and again, specifically helps the kidney remove uric acid from the body. So that is the connection and why those different constituents are in that supplement, because they each have a very specific targeted action to help support the kidney with removal of uric acid and hopefully diminishing of symptoms throughout the body. Nice. I mean, such good like ingredients in there. And also just so everyone knows, these are thoroughly tested, like third party tested for everything, for purity, for potency. And um, this is what the, the capsule looks like. So it does have, it doesn't have like a red color, but it's definitely like a darker color than the liver one. Mm -hmm. And also, 
every single time you guys buy a bottle, a tree is planted. So I always think that's so cool that um, I love partnered that. with one I know. Don't you just love that? I love that. And then you also get this cute little charm too, which has a positive message on it for you. And that's something you can keep. And this one says, detox your body, your mind, and your contact list. So what a perfect way to end, right? <laughs> Since we're talking about detox. <laughs> so detox the bad people out of your life. You don't need that drama. You need to have like the good positive energy around you. And um, yeah, so not only detox your body, but your mind. And then Anything that's like stalling you or negative, let's get rid of that. No need for that. Um, all right, cool. So everyone, thank you so much for watching. Make sure you hit the follow button so that you can watch our episodes. We're live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then next week, we're going to be live on Tuesday as well. So make sure you check in for that. Dr. Jackie, thank you as always. If you want to say goodbye, you can do that. Thank you so much, everyone who joined today and anybody watching the replay. I hope you learned some stuff. Um, and like Dan said, Google me if you have any questions and definitely follow the channel so that you can uh, get access to future uh, Amazon Live so you can ask me questions live if you want. That would be awesome too. So thank you so much for sharing your time and space with me today. I appreciate everybody. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye, everyone. Hear the whispers from within, battles to restore, ailings to relieve. Feel the nature keeping us, nature healing us, flowers, leaves, and rules within. Hear the mind calming you, soothing you, love and kindness inside out. Let the herbs from middle world heal, welcome wellness, welcome wellness. It's Reveal Herbs, Middle World Herbs.